0: Oh Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. It is very easy for us to get caught up in all the things that the church is not. The ways it falls short. The church is Not relevant to our young people today. The church is not speaking boldly in this present world. The church is not growing like it's supposed to. The church is not this or that. And that's because we all experience the church in a place, in this place this congregation, this gathering of people, and we perhaps think of the other gatherings of God's people around us in our community, it's easy to get discouraged in all the things the church is not being, not doing, not accomplishing here and now. And so today in our gospel, Jesus would have us take a broader view of the church. Because the church is not just the people in this place, or next door, or down the street, or even just the people who worship Christ today. The church, properly speaking. Is every believer in Christ of every time and every place. And of that church of which you, brothers and sisters, are a part, our Lord Jesus gives us a wonderful, comforting promise today. There are churches that say all sorts of different things about Jesus, some right, some wrong. And certainly in Jesus' own day, there were a lot of people saying different things about him. Who is he? Who might he be? Why has he come? And Jesus asked his disciples, who do they say that the Son of Man is? Some say he's John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets... But Jesus says to his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter, bold, brash Peter, never afraid to speak, never worried about putting his foot in his mouth. Says you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The word Christ means the Messiah, the anointed one. If you think of the word christening, a christening is what some churches call a baptism. It's often accompanied with anointing. Jesus is the anointed one, the Christ, the one who was promised by God, even the son of the living God. That's Peter's confession. And Jesus tells him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. The church, the people of God, is those who confess that Jesus is the Christ, the promised one, the son of the living God himself, the one who was to come into the world to bring hope and salvation and eternal life. That was Peter's confession. And Jesus says of this confession on this rock. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. On this rock that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the promised son of the living God, on that rock, Jesus himself builds his church. What wonderful promise for you and I today where we certainly feel... Like the gates of hell are doing a pretty good job prevailing against the church. The gospel of Jesus Christ is hated more and more. Confessing the truth of holy scripture can get you labeled all sorts of different things. Living out the Christian faith just in your family or in your workplace or in your community is all the more difficult as every day goes by. It seems that Satan and all the gates of hell are doing quite well against the church. But Jesus, the anointed one, the promised one, the Christ, the son of the living God, he builds his church. You know, earlier this summer, as we've been reading through the middle of Matthew's gospel, some of you may remember we heard all these parables that Jesus gave about God's kingdom. And he talked a lot about that kingdom in terms of, Fields and planting and seed and harvest. There certainly are a lot of parallels between how God's kingdom works and the work of planting and harvesting a field, a crop. Here's the thing that everyone who plants a crop understands. That the farmer can till the soil, he can plant the seed, he can fertilize it, but at the end of the day, it's going to be God that causes it to grow. The farmer, the planter, the sower, has no control over sun or rain or growth of that crop. It all ends up in God's hand. And so it goes with the church of Jesus Christ. We do the work, we preach the gospel, we deliver the gifts, but the work will be done By Jesus himself. He builds his church. And to describe that foundation on which the church is built, he doesn't use the image of a field or soil, but something more lasting. It is a rock, it is certain, it is lasting where the church is gathered as those proclaiming with St. Peter and the disciples and the church throughout history, where we likewise proclaim Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Anointed One, the Promised One, there the church is built. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. You see, for all... Of the danger that Satan and the gates of hell pose against the church. And Satan is indeed dangerous. He's described by Holy Scripture as a devouring lion seeking someone to devour. He's described as our adversary. He is cunning, deceitful. But he is also, in many regards, a fool. Because Satan, in his foolishness, thinks that he can undo the church, undo the people of God, by persecuting them. By causing them to shed blood. That's actually next Sunday's gospel where Jesus talks about those who follow him carrying crosses of their own. Satan wants you to be afraid of blood. The blood you may have to shed. The blood that could be spilt for the church of Jesus Christ. Here's why Satan is such a fool. Because you and I, we don't fear blood. The church... Is built on blood. That rock is the blood of Christ. He shed for us. To give us. That promised salvation. That anointed one. That promised one came. For the purpose of shedding blood. We gather before the altar of God. To feast on that blood. Given with his body. No Satan. We don't fear blood. We live by blood. We are saved by blood the blood of Christ, and the resurrection from the dead that give us a kingdom that cannot be taken away. That is our rock. That is our foundation. That is why we confess with Peter, you, Jesus, are Christ, the Son of the living God. By that blood, Jesus charged his disciples to forgive sins I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven Jesus said whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven Jesus has given to his church the keys of the kingdom of heaven to withhold from forgiveness from those who refuse to repent but to bestow forgiveness and life and salvation upon all those who bring their sin to the foot of the cross, who bring their sin to the one who shed his blood, poured out his blood, and by doing so gave life and promise and a future to his church. I started this morning by talking about the things that overwhelm us of how we see the church failing, falling short. Here are some other things that the church is not. The church is not irrelevant. The church is not going away. The church is not helpless against the attacks of the world, the devil, and the gates of hell. Because Jesus Christ is the rock on which the church is built. He forgives sin. He forgives you. He holds life and eternity before you. And Satan can't undo that. A couple weeks ago in the book of Romans, we heard in our readings Paul's encouragement to us as Christians where he said, for I am convinced... That neither death, nor hell, nor angels, nor demons, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He, Jesus Christ, his blood, his death, his resurrection, his promise is our rock. Nothing, absolutely nothing, can prevail against the church when Jesus builds it on the salvation he gives to you and me. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.